Hey everyone, this is John. And this is Wes. And this is Ryan. And this is the Nintendo Show, the best damn Nintendo podcast on the internet. This is going to be a podcast for the month of September 2023. I don't know which one. It doesn't matter. Fuck it. We're going to talk about the Nintendo Direct and we're going to talk about some Pokemon. That's what we're doing. This is a um, podcast. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's one of the ones that we do. Yeah, it's a... We, we, yeah. But you guys, there was a, uh, there was a Direct... It was direct a couple of weeks ago. Now, if you thought that you had heard enough about this direct because you listened to other Nintendo podcasts first, stop. And second, you haven't heard enough because we're about to give our thoughts on it. And we're um, the only thoughts that matter. It's true. It really is. Um, but uh, but before we jump in, should we time capsule this episode? Sure. Yeah, let's do it. Shit, I was hoping you guys would say no. I got nothing. Oh, oh. there was that. There was that Republican Congress lady who got kicked out of Beetlejuice for giving a handy to her date. Yeah, Lauren oh. Bober. That, that that's a thing. Um, there was that Democratic senator who's in some hot water for taking some bribes. Uh, Bob Mendez from New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, yeah. He's not. He's not having a good week. And oh, and uh, uh, Sean Penn owned Hannity. Which was great. I don't know why Hannity bothered to have Sean Penn on his show, but uh, I believe that he said something to the effect of like Trump did more to combat Al Qaeda, and then he's like, "Oh, you mean when he had him over to Camp David?" <laughs> 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 Which uh, was a really de- delightful moment. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I, you know, fuck Sean Hannity first of all, but like Sean Penn is also just like this weirdly intense man who like it's it's impossible to to find any sort of joy out of him doing anything because he's such a fucking asshole I can see that yeah yeah he has a long track record of, of being kind of an awful person in his personal life but you know he seems to be trying to do okay I just want everyone to know that the mic is definitely picking up Des waving her bare ass at me and slapping it. The mic picked all of that up. Um, and on that note, Nintendo Direct. <laughs> Speaking of that. Yeah, even of uh, uh, people slapping their ass, slapping their bare asses, Nintendo posted some, some videos of a commercial. Um, well, you guys want to go in just chronological order here? Do you want... Is there anything that you want to start with? She's still doing it. <laughs> chronological order, then? I take it? Yeah, that's my money. This is a okay. messy podcast already. Yeah, okay. we're, we're we've, gonna... we've already lost control. <laughs> no, we're, we're, we're getting it together here. We're, we're, we, we've already... We've reached the high point. Now we're going to even out. Um... So Splatoon 3 was what they opened up with. They're doing another expansion to Splatoon 3 out of spring next year. This was the one where it was like very monochromatic when they opened up. And it was it was a very long trailer, which was, you know, I don't like when they spend too much time on any particular thing, but I like I kind of dig the monochromatic style. And I guess what you're doing is you're you're kind of working your way through a uh, single player like run and gun type uh, gameplay different from the, the sort of turf war like main game this looks more like a salmon run kind of thing where you have like waves of enemies coming at you and you're you're trying to fend them off 
and then you're you're getting upgrades and like adds color into the world like depending on the, what sort of things you're upgrading like your weapons or your your maneuverability that kind of thing i don't know it looks good i might try this depends on whatever other games are coming out around the time you guys have never really had much interest in splatoon is that correct no i never got into the game i was never very like even good at it like the way that you have to do the controls and the, the way you like aimed and everything like that it just mm. Because it was very motion-based with that, and I couldn't really get a very good precise shot. I'm terrible with shooters in the first place. Um, but yeah, it just—it's never really my kind of my kind of game. Yeah, that's how I would always play with a roller. And don't even bother shooting anyone; just paint as much ground as you can. <laughs> um, the next game they showed was Mario vs. Donkey Kong. This is a remake of the GBA game. It comes out February 16th. I like these games. Um, there were a couple that, uh, well, one came out back in the original Game Boy. It's called Donkey Kong 94. We might even actually cover that on a Super Nintendo show way back in the day. But that game, um, it basically opened up with the first four levels of the, like, the arcade Donkey Kong game. And then it expanded out to, like, these puzzle platformy uh, kind of, uh, stages. Like, uh, just puzzle stages. Rather than, like, full-on... Mario platforming, even though it does adopt some Mario platforming mechanics, like uh, different jumps to get different uh, height or distance on your jumps. Uh, after the Game Boy Advance, when it kind of turned into this more Lemmings-style video game where you have the, these uh, Mario toys, these drones, that once you activate them, they just kind of move on their own. You're just trying to manipulate the path that they're going on to get them to the goal. But in Donkey Kong 94 and the Donkey Kong versus Mar the Mario versus Donkey Kong GBA game, you're directly controlling Mario for these puzzle platforming levers levels. Um, is the first one that they've done in quite some time. This remake. The last one was way back in 2016 on the Wii U, so it's been a while. I mean, how well so, do these games do really? Because I mean, I think, I think the past few ones um, have been download only, so there hasn't been. Uh, much of a way to to tell like their sales success, and they, they usually review okay. We haven't done our tier rankings for this particular spin-off franchise yet, but it would probably be one of the lower ranking uh, game series that has two S tier characters in it. You know, they're I, I think that they're good for like little bite size games, which just seems like what uh, what they're doing here. guys have any interest in Mario vs. Donkey Kong? No. That looks pretty cool. Um, I haven't really played any of these games, so yeah, it could be fun. Prince of Persia The Lost Crown is out January 18th. This is one that we already knew about, but it's a really nice looking game. Uh, yeah. The visuals... Do you have more to say, Wes? Well, I was agreeing with you, but... Just agreeing. Cool. I got you. Um... A pretty nice looking game. Visuals remind me of like a, a Metroid Dread or a Samus Returns, especially in the way that you're fighting some of the bosses. But I'm down for a 2D action game. I don't normally sure. play Prince of Persia games. I, I they've never again another game that never really held my interest. But this actually looks pretty good. Um, yeah, this it's one, definitely this a one's a possibility for me to grab. It's definitely a different style than from uh, other like more recent Prince of Persia games over the past like, couple of decades, because I think ever since Sands of Time, 
on the GameCube PS2 generation, which we'll get to, they've gone with a more 3D action style of gameplay. I don't remember the last time there was a 2D Prince of Persia. But it's, it's also never a, ser a series that I've never really gotten into either. I dabbled with... I think it was Warrior Within way, way, way back in the day. But never got into it. Ryan, any interest? Yeah, this looks kind of fun. Um, it looks like it's uh, maybe more action than puzzle than something mm -hmm. like trying yeah. but it seems like uh it's gonna have some neat mechanics to do and yeah like I, i've never actually i don't think i've ever played a prince of persia game um and i know them more as like you're saying like 3d platformers like more more action oriented games so i don't know i mean it, it it's really stylish it looks cool so you know i'd be willing to, to give it a shot yeah it'll be interesting to see how much platforming it will involve if i have like any like metroid-esque exploration like get the power up that gets you into the next area if it'll be more level based who knows who knows at this point but yeah, i think it's got a lot of potential uh horizon chase 2 that's a racing game that they released almost immediately after the show anybody care no just give me excite bots yep just give me another one of those that'd be great if they release like one and two as a HD re-release? Yeah, I mean... Let's make a new one. Come on, just new Excitebots. <laughs> uh, super Crazy Rhythm Castle. That was out November 14th. There's a crow in a wizard costume. That's pretty cool, I guess. It's just some kind of rhythm game. Yeah. Kind of like, yeah, like Guitar Hero style gameplay with like the notes coming down. It looks like a fretboard. I don't know. Whatever. I don't yeah, know. It looks like there's some other stuff, but... like um, like there's a thing where they're shooting cannons in rhythm, and like kind of something that reminds me of like um, they're not cooking, but something kind of like an overcooked thing where you're a bunch of guys doing stuff in the kitchen or something. And they're like in a room trying to do stuff. So I mean, there's a lot going on with it. Hmm. Uh, Spy Anya, Operation Memories. That's a game coming out in 2024. I don't know. I don't really have any thoughts on that one. It's no. a, it's based on an anime or something. Yeah, Spy Family. Hmm. Do you watch it? No, I do not. <laughs> You're just aware of it? I'm aware of it. Apparently, it is a pretty popular anime. Um, I hear it's good. I, I don't know. I haven't watched it. Super Mario RPG out November 17th. I'm excited. You guys excited? I'm, I'm happy that you're happy. <laughs> This this is one that I'm gonna borrow your copy. Uh, it looks so good. It does. Uh, I really, I, I would like to play it, but it, it's, yeah, it does look good. Uh, I really like the changes slash additions that they're doing to the battle system. So you know, in in these Mario RPGs, they almost always have like the action based time. Uh, attacks, or you know, you do an attack, but if you're pressing the attack button again at the exact right time, you're going to do like a double hit and do extra damage. Uh, and then this one, if you're doing the the correct timing, you'll end up doing splash damage, which I think is a really good addition because it'll let you churn through the battles faster. They're not random battles because you actually see enemies out on the field, and if you attack the enemies out on the field, you get uh, a little advantage in the fight there. Um, but also the the meter that you're building up to do these super attacks as an addition to the game as well. So that'll be uh, really nice to have more efficient ways to burn through these things. It doesn't look like much content is being added in terms of like uh, 
areas or zones, dungeons that you're going into. It looks like it's going to be just a straight up remake, but they are adding like a bonus boss challenge toward the end. You can re-challenge bosses, uh, souped up bosses. It, it's a pretty short game overall, uh, the original version, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. But um, I, I wonder if uh, if I'll even bother with the, the souped up bosses or it's kind of like go through the main thing and be done with it. Yeah. And you guys, game Back from the Dead, another code recollection out on January 19th. It's a remake of the DS game that that we just, uh, we, we tier ranked this thing a couple months yeah. ago. F tier franchise, you guys. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> yeah, here, we, we literally pronounced its death. Right. This was, this was in the coffin underground. <laughs> and and I, here it is. And someone like got done listening to our podcast, and we're like, oh, I'll show those motherfuckers. We're going to bring this game back. I'm telling you, I'm tell- Nintendo listens. They, they, they really, They really like... What other explanation is there for another code coming back? Um, so so here here's the question. How much does it have to sell to move it out of the F tier and into the D tier? Ooh. What's our threshold? Ooh. If it sells a million, does it move it out of the F tier? Why 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 was it in the F tier? Do we remember? Oh, poor sales, uh, kind of okay reception, um, but only two entries. Hmm. And no entries for like the past two decades. Not that long, like fifteen years. And this is a remake of one of those two, right? Both of them. It's a dual pack. I, I actually dual brought back up. I brought back up our old no- my old notes from this one on the tier list because yeah. this is one that that I did, and it's like, yeah, the entire series maybe sold one hundred and fifty thousand to two hundred thousand units. Mm-hmm. Um, it was labeled as missed for kids because it was sort of this point and click puzzle game. Yeah, I guess. And you know what? For what it's worth, I said that this game was ahead of its time with the success of things like Life, uh, Life is Strange, Disco Elysium, Kentucky Route Zero. So yeah, maybe they, maybe that's what they took from what I said. They didn't listen to the fact that this thing barely pushed a hundred thousand units. I They're mean, like, it's... wait a minute, it's like things that are popular now. Yeah, that's something that we talked about when we were ranking the game. Is that okay? If this came out a little bit later, when the sort of uh, audience for this game, this type of game was starting to, to broaden, maybe it'd do a little bit better. I mean, you said it's missed for kids. Maybe this is for me, because Miss <laughs> made me feel really stupid. All you had to do was close the elevator, dude. All I had to do was close the elevator door. and then I mean, this trailer had multiple elevators is the problem. Ooh, I know. My <laughs> the tonight. entire game is elevators. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, it's, a, it's another elevator. Oh, not to mention there's a dumbwaiter one as well. That's going to be... Oh, that's like an elevator for food. (laughs) So it's just crazy that this game and Batten Kaidos are both coming back. Who would have called it? Who would have called it five years ago on Nintendo's new handheld home console hybrid that as we're getting toward the end of the system, both Batten Kaidos and another code would get remake slash ports. It's just nuts. Uh, I'll probably get this one just because of the novelty. I have the first one on DS. I showed off my copy of that a while back. Um, and the the second one in this dual pack never came to North America. So, get it now. You might never see it again. We need to start doing a list of, like, what are they going to revive from the dead? Like, what's next? Like, Pushmo, Legendary <laughs> Starfy, Chibi Robo. 
Uh, out of all of those, uh, what what else do we have declared dead? Uh, those are all of my Fs. Okay. There are some Ds in there as well, but those three stick out as like they'll never touch this shit again. So out of Robo, out of Pushmo, Chibi Robo, and Legendary Starfy. Now give me Starfy on that one. Mm-hmm. What's the one with the electric plug guy? Chibi Robo. Robo. That yeah. is Chibi Robo. Oh, okay. And that one had such a spectacular uh, death. Face plant. I, I, yeah, I think that there's there's no coming back from that. Mm. Um, are you guys in for Princess Peach coming out March twenty second? Princess Peach Showtime. You know what? Sure am. This Her hair is in a ponytail now, so I mean, that's what I'm talking about. It's game of the year 2024. I'm calling it now. We got Wonder coming out. Yeah, this year. Oh, 2024. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm tired. Yeah. I mean, it could be game of the year this year too. I'm fine with that. <laughs> to hell with that Tears of the Kingdom game, Princess Peach. Oh right. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that came out. Armored Core, Armored Cunt, Princess Peach. <laughs> um this looks pretty good there's yeah. a lot going on with it with the different um costumes the, the different yeah, the different the sphere changes the sphere changes she got a dress um, sphere of her own a yeah, sword a fighter a detective of mm-hmm. a, a, a pastier and and a, a gunslinger i like... assume it almost feels like a Luigi's Mansion kind of game, but they it just like does. were like Luigi's so unpopular. Can we just put Peach? <laughs> oh, you <laughs> son of a bitch! How dare you? <laughs> no, uh, the the way you're, I, I see a lot of similarities to Luigi's Mansion in this as well, especially Luigi's Mansion Three because that one, uh, Luigi's in a hotel. It's not a it's not a mansion. He's in a haunted hotel, and each floor has a different theme. One's like uh, ancient Egypt. The other ones are like uh, uh, a botanical garden. A movie um, studio. A movie studio. And it, Princess Peach Showtime looks very similar in that, like, hey, this is going to be the section where you're like you're you're in a a cafe and you're gonna be pastier sheet uh peach for this zone. And you're gonna go to this other zone, you're gonna have a different uh set of skills and a different costume. Uh, and have it be like by a more level based like that. That's the impression I get anyway. Yeah, a lot of this does feel forgivably low effort, where it's just like, can we just put Peach in some costumes? How dare you? Make some mini games, and let's see what it's like in South Park. Some of South Park's best episodes are when the premise is put the kids in funny outfits. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like we don't need much to be entertained. And I think that this looks like they've come up with a bunch of yeah. Again, it feels like this weird hybrid of a Mario Party game mixed with like the Luigi's Mansion style puzzling mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i don't know I, I it looks it looks cool i'm you know, i'm about it um saga emerald beyond that's a game coming out in 2024 i'm not too sure about this one i've played uh, saga rpgs or saga inspired rpgs a few times before here and there they're kind of an acquired taste they're like a, a really like um anti-friendly to players rpgs in that uh, the way that you're you're leveling up when you level up any sort of stat growth or especially learning new skills or just a dice roll uh, you might go several levels without learning something new you might never learn like really basic stuff and like this type of skills that you learn based on the type of things that you're doing uh, the types of weapons that you're attacking with if you're defending so it's um uh, it's a pretty intricate way of 
building out a character but never reliable way of building a character you might say okay i want this one to be a sword fighter but never get like the sort of sword fighter skills that you want um it's got some pretty intricate character designs and uh looks like a pretty intricate battle system a very ugly world map but i don't know this is um a, a franchise that i only have mild interest in I don't, I don't know about this one you guys have any thoughts I'm a little troubled that they came up with a last name for the main character or the first guy they introduced, but then nobody else has has a has yeah, a last name. And one of them is just like the cop duo, mm. and they don't just, even give them names. Just get the Dio Field Chronicle people on it. Yeah, Sunanori Mido. That's a good Square Enix name. Yeah, solid. Yeah, Ryan, how you feeling about Tomb Raider one through three remastered on February fourteenth on Valentine's Day? Yeah, Aww. so yeah, I, th- I think you actually made me talk about Tomb Raider not that long ago for for some reason. Um, I, I did a thing where uh, uh, I made you defend a position where I said that Tomb Raider was never good. Yeah, and and I, part part of me did feel bad about that because I actually think the Tomb Raider games are a lot of fun. I played one and two when I was a kid. Like I remember playing this game and enjoying it a lot. Um, obviously, it's tank controls and it's a little clunky of a game. But it's really, really fun. Um, these these were very cool, you know, action adventure kind of, yeah. Like, I I personally for this for this remaster that they're gonna do, like, I'll, I'll check this out. This this could be fun. Um, I think we already talked about a couple other these omnibus packages that are coming out for other franchises, specifically for Arkham and Metal Gear. Metal Gear. Mm-hmm. I would say I would I would probably recommend somebody pick up those two first. Um, if they're totally blind to all three of these franchises, but yeah, there, there's Tomb Raider is genuinely a fun game, um, and you know, yeah, obviously, uh, Laura Croft is this, this huge character in, in video games. Probably makes the short list of people that even don't know anything about video games know who Laura Croft is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think it's a, a nice little bit of history. Uh, it's cool that. You can swap seamlessly between like the the original visual style and the sort of uh, uh, updated visual style they've given it. I think that also signals that they're not really changing anything about the game. The fact that you can swap at any time between the, the visual style, they wouldn't be able to change things. So you're looking probably at a very faithful remaster of these well, things. What, but what are you talking about, John? Video games, video games are easy to make. Oh, of course, it's very you're simple. Right. It's not anyone much. can do it. I mean, yeah, that's probably I mean, how they did the remake. They probably just like turned the graphic slider up and I mean, if, like okay there we go remade if, if if i had a free weekend i could do it i mean mm-hmm. this, this is what it is i uh, any guys gonna indulge in detective pikachu on october 6th a couple weeks now a couple weeks i ago. wish this looked good because i would like to but it does look like just trash i, I want nothing it, to do with this does it feel weird that there's this is like the new pokemon game for the year it's like the one release I, I don't feel like we needed any. No, we talk about it. the DLC came out. Yeah, but it's not a new game. It's a DLC. Yeah, it's a DLC. Well, you just upset there's not another remake. No, not really. No, ho- hopefully they're they're uh, saving their bullets for Switch Two whenever that comes to pass. I mean, the next one's black and white, John. So oh, I do love Gen Five. Do love Gen Five. Uh, I don't know, Detective Pikachu. Ryan, any interest? Not particularly. No. I'm, I might get it uh, for Ripley as a birthday present if she seems interested. I'll have to like 
uh, float it toward her to see if like she'll watch any of it to see how interested she is. But no, no, no strong desire to pick this one up. But you know what we are getting as soon as we possibly can. Trombone champ. Yeah, this this game looks looks impressive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what a perfect concept. What a perfect concept because it's like this game a, does look a, like so much fun. A rhythm music game where it's funnier if you're not good at it. Just ten out of ten. Oh Wes, yeah, like it, it. really, it's like we could talk about this. I think someone just simply needs to watch a trailer to to appreciate I, the mm-hmm. what, 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 why this game does look so appealing. I, look so I also feel like you can be amazing and just hit this a hundred percent dead on. It's still gonna sound like trash. Like I think that's the other. <laughs> yeah, you know I, that was uh, for for me the the biggest thing. Like it it sells itself so well in the trailer. Because they they have someone doing uh, the the trailer or the demo, uh, either intentionally or not intentionally. Like they're kind of good, but they're not good enough for it to sound good. And then when they get all four people playing at the same time, I was like, yeah, definitely. This is this is a one hundred percent gonna buy this. And it's just like that when you're doing better, it's just like flashing pictures of pasta and stuff behind <laughs> it. Like this is this is delightful. Yeah, this looks like a lot. It says forty five songs. You know what? That's a lot of songs. All probably think, public think, domain. One is literally called Ska Birds. Like, there's gonna be Ska music on this. Remember, hey kids, happy, remember yeah. Ska. <laughs> <laughs> Were you alive from 1996 to 1998? You probably remember Ska. Yeah. Um, any interest in Battle Crush? That one's out spring 2024. Pass. I, I yeah, I don't know what's happening in it. <laughs> Ryan, any any. Battle yeah, I can't quite make what's going on with it. It looks like it's uh, Dota mixed with uh, what? Is, there's that modern game where everyone's got the little things and they're all just trying not to like fall off cliffs. Mm. Oh, Fall know. Guys. Yeah, Fall Guys. I don't know. That doesn't look appealing, but you know. Good uh, speaking of things that don't necessarily look appealing, Contra Operation Galug is out in 2024. Oof. Ryan, what do you think? Uh, nah. I mean, I don't. I don't really care about this. This is a, a very short trailer too. They're barely showing us anything to begin with here. Mm. Um, so, is this a is this a remake? Is this a new game? What is it? It's sort sort of a reimagining of the first one. Oh, okay. That and that makes a little more sense. Yeah. Um, nah. I'm gonna. I think we one. skipped one. Yeah, which one? Oh, War Tales. See anything to say yeah. about War Tales? That one they they shadow dropped it. I mean, what is it, like a turn-based... Yeah, um, I, I got know. nothing. I, I got in nothing. my notes, I have very detailed notes of this one. I wrote, pass. <laughs> I, I do have some thoughts on Contra that I've already sort of been alluding to. Um, it is ugly. It is yeah. a good, it, it looks like it's using a really similar art style to Rogue Core, which was not a good game, and it made me very, very sad that it was not a good game. Um... But the developer is WayForward, and WayForward has done a, a number of, of remakes and reimaginings of series that don't belong to them. Uh, they, of course, do the Shantae games. They did the remake of A Boy Miss Blob way back in the day. They also did Contra 4 for the DS, which is a really good game. Um, and they, they really nailed the, the multiplayer, and I think they did some fun mechanical things with Contra 4. 
so just for, for example in uh, Contra 3 we, we all know Contra 3 here we play it from time to time uh, there are the levels where there are like uh, horizontal bars that you can grab onto and climb along some places required and you, know, you do the same thing right on the missiles in Contra 4 they added this mechanic where you have a, a grappling hook um that shoots straight up and will grapple onto one of those uh, vertical bars for you. And it's something that is required in certain levels and a really like uh, a quick way of getting out of danger. If someone's running at you, you can just grapple upwards to zip yourself up really quick. Um, also can extend your jump if you're in the air. You just need to do a little like flutter in the air to keep yourself airborne for another split second. They also added in more weapon uh, flexibility. If you pick up a weapon, uh, you can drop it without having to pick something else up. You can just like, okay, I'm gonna go back to my default gun. And the advantage is you can pass it over to another player uh, if you're playing cooperatively. And not only is that like a way of like, if, if somebody dies and has a weapon, okay, here, take this one, I have a spare. It's also like weapons can stack on each other. So every weapon, uh, like the laser and the, the sea missile and the homing and the, the spread shot, everything has like its standard base level. And then if you collect two of them and stack them on each other into one weapon slot, it upgrades. So WayForward has done some interesting things with Contra, and it looks like they're doing some of those things in this remake slash reimagining. Um, so I'm interested enough to keep an eye on it, but I don't want to keep too close an eye on it because it's not a good-looking game. Like no. that, there's something about the art style. Everything just kind of looks wet. Um, it actually reminds me a little bit of that... Um was a ghouls and goblins game that came out hmm. um it had an art style that was really divisive because i think a lot of people wanted to like it as a ghouls and goblins game but the art style felt very much like cardboard characters moving hmm. on a like a weird surface but kind of get that same vibe from this yeah i think um i i price point is going to be a big one for me also like what's coming out around it I want it to be good like I really wanted Rogue Core to be good and this one would have four player cooperative so Wes wouldn't have an excuse anymore he'd have to jump in oh, that's true. oh have to. god don't make me play these games Just <sighs> can't we just play more Vampire Survivor <laughs> god, I mean I'm always down for that but god, remember when Contra was good I want Contra to be good again yeah, it is. It is a classic game, and it's so much fun to play. I mean, was one, two, and four good? Uh, three is very good. One, um, yeah. what one and two are? And two is actually just called Super C, but it's not on the Super Nintendo. It's on the NES. So they kind of fucked up the naming convention. Um, one and two are okay, but they're more like. Uh, interesting pieces of history than they are like really solid games kind of see the roots of these sort of run and gun action games whereas 3 is just a straight up really good game and there are some other Contra games across other systems uh, Contra Hardcore uh, I've never played but it was supposedly allegedly a good game um, and then Contra 4 for the DS was really really good uh, I used to play that one at work when I worked at the airport me and Carlos would uh, just have a running game of Contra 4 for like the entirety of like our, our the four hour overlap that we'd have in between shifts 
And we're like, okay, we're going to play some Contra 4. And then when a customer would come into the store, we're like, okay, here's a good spot. You do cover fire, and I'll talk to this customer and try to sell them a camera. Nice. <laughs> I like that it has the character names, too. I never mm -hmm. knew our guys had names. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are, are you happy to be named Bill Riser? I am. And yes. I am Lance Bean. <laughs> <laughs> So Bill and Lance, I could have guessed these were our names. Like, your Lance sounds Lance Bean. Yeah, Lance Bean it sounds like some guy that's work, working on Wall Street. Just, just some kind of mm. like in the stock market. Oh, he's in, oh a fast talking '80s guy. Yeah. Well, good news, Wes. You get to be Ariana. Oh, tremendous! Or you get to be Probotector. Oh, that doesn't sound right. There's something about oh, that's, that. That's the robot, oh. isn't it? Yeah, that's actually a really nice homage because in uh, Europe, the Contra series, when it was localized, they weren't um, keen on showing uh, violence against other human beings, so they changed everyone to robots and they changed the name of the game to Probotector. Why? Why would they do that? Oh, <laughs> Europe is a weird place. Um. Oh, hang on, I gotta reopen my notes. Lost my spot. Anyway, we're Unicorn good. Unicorn Overlord? Yeah, this one's out on March 8th. Um, this actually doesn't look that bad. I was not interested in this game at all until they mentioned uh, in the trailer, like they showed that uh, Atlas and Vanillaware are collaborating on this game. And that's some really good RPG pedigree. Uh, I've heard comparisons made to Ogre Battle for this style like of game. Ogre Battle, yeah. Yeah, but I've never really indulged in Ogre Battle that much, so I couldn't say one way or another. Yeah, I mean, I mean like, kind like of like pre... that. Go ahead, Wes. Oh, God. No, go, go, go. Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, it feels like it's the halfway point between something like a, a Fire Emblem game. Um, yeah, with that classic Ogre Battle feel. So, I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I bet this this feels like the kind of thing where every mission is going to take forty five minutes. <laughs> yeah, I, I I would say that too because like it it looks like every individual unit on the map has like their own units within them. Like you're controlling like a squad, mm -hmm. um, and so you have to probably have to build them in certain ways and position each individual squad, and then use them in certain points. Like there there's a lot of it looks like there's a lot of depth and strategy to the combat of this game. Um, yeah, no, art style it, it looks interesting, and I do like the art style. It's very nice. It looks really nice. Yeah, Vanillaware always has like really detailed, intricate character designs. So, I mean, I'm I'm down. It looks like it's pretty good. Uh, Luigi's Mansion 2 HD. We saw a little bit more of that game. That one's uh, got a window of summer 2024. Uh, and I'll probably pick this one up, even though I have it on my 3DS. Des was really excited that they were going to bring this one over. Uh, she was so excited, she started slapping her bare ass uh, in anticipation. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, either of you guys uh, going to indulge in Luigi's Mansion? I never played any of them, really. So It's a good one. I think that the one downside is there's not really any sort of cooperative element to Luigi's Mansion 2, whereas the Luigi's Mansion 3, of course, had Gooigi, so you could play uh, in cooperative mode. Oh, uh, let's see. After that, they showed... They, they talked a bit about some sort of Nintendo museum, which sounds like a fun idea, uh, and they showed some amiibo. 
don't think we care too much about that. Do we care? Mm, I don't think so. Mm. Uh, and then they shadow dropped F099, another franchise that apparently is not quite dead yet. Ryan, have you tried this yet? I have not. No, uh, like you, I think was it you guys messaged me, and then another one of my friends messaged me. I didn't know that I'm just like have this reputation as being like that the F Zero. Yeah, you're the F Zero. Yeah. Especially the Super Nintendo F Zero, like, and it's it's yeah. modeled after the Super Nintendo F Zero. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, that's that, this is Ryan. This Which, by the way, absolutely incredible game. Uh, it's it it defines modern racing games. It is it is truly you know. For, for the style of game that it is, that our first F-Zero game is vital. Vital to the genre. I'll go along with that. It's a 99, so that, is it like Tetris 99 where you're just playing against 99 other random people all at once? Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah, essentially. Um, I, I think what they do is they have you play a few games against computer characters, and then they, I think, from a buddy of mine was explaining what, what happened when he played it, and it, I think they start you with a group of 20 and then they up it to 50, and then they up it to 60, and then after that, you're allowed to like go in and just sort of play online with everybody else. Um, but yeah, you know, it's that classic, crisp SNES version of the game. Looks really cool. Seems like they got all kinds of different designs for the, you know, they're not adding new vehicles. It looks like it's essentially the same four vehicles, just with lots of different palette swaps and stuff. So you'll get to kind of have have a little bit of uniqueness to your build. Yeah, and a, a way to tell you apart from the other cars. Yeah, this this game is it, it's really something else. So I, it's, it's I don't know. I we we've spitballed about F Zero many many times before. Like this is the perfect way to bring bring this game back. Yeah, I think it's a really smart way of um, just like doing doing some franchise care and seeing if it leads them into to some ideas for another one. We'll, we'll see what happens with this franchise. I didn't think, uh, when we were tier ranking this one, I wasn't ready to declare it entirely dead, because I, st- I think that uh, it could come back and continue on in some form or fashion. I think there's room in the sort of uh, Nintendo lineup for their different systems for like a precision racer instead of like, uh, in addition to a party racer, that's Mario Kart. I think that they could have both. So we'll see where this goes. Uh, a couple of ones I want to burn through really quick. Bandle Tail, that was out in 2024. I just wrote Nice Art Pass. Hold on. This is actually a League of Legends game. It is. Yeah, it's one of those, so, like, uh, Riot Forge uh, doing a bunch of spinoff games for all of their characters. Yeah. I, wait, is this, like, a slice of life kind of game? Like, what is happening here? It reminded me a lot of, like, a Stardew Valley or, uh, or maybe a Rune Factory kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, most likely a pass for me as well. It sounds like you're in. Nice, it's got yordles. Man. It sounds like you're in. Yordles are great. I saw I saw a quirky looking dude and a Heimer looking dude. Come on, let's go. Yeah, it sounds like you're in. And here's another one. Song- immediately following that. Yeah, Song of Nunu. Uh, that one was one that they announced like, probably a year back at this point. It looks pretty neat. It's out November 1st. Yeah, it's just a little exploration. They're going on a journey kind of uh, game, solving the puzzles and... You know they on. they showed a couple of clips of that one and it reminded me of like the snowboarding in Twilight Princess. Well, that was just one shot, um, but like it's oh there is I don't know if there's actual combat to it or not, but oh this looks interesting. Yeah, it looks pretty neat. That's a possibility. Uh, WarioWare Move It out November third. 
I already have a Mar uh, a Wario game for my Switch. I'm good. Any guys interested? No, I never liked Wario. No, just as I'm a personality. Just, just yeah, just in general. Hmm. Uh, Auden Chronicle Hundred Heroes. We got a release date for that one, April twenty third. It's nice to get a solid release date. Um, and I'll, I'll probably try it. I. Uh, well, it's like uh, once again we're getting another lineup for Switch that's packed with like these really long RPGs, which is you know uh, both exciting and daunting at the same time. Uh, when we I think we talked a couple weeks ago how Konami also delayed the Suicode and One and Two remasters uh, on all platforms, including Switch. Um, which, you know, this, this game, Auden Chronicle, is supposed to be a spiritual successor to Suicoden. So that would be pretty fucked up if Konami, like, delayed their Suicoden remake to when this game was coming out. It would be kind of a fucked up thing to do. We'll see if it happens. Looks like there's a town-building element to it. I do like town-building. Kinda. Kinda. It seems to coincide... Because, Wes, you remember from that one Suicoden game, you recruit tons and tons yep. of different characters and they go to live in your base. It looks like the expansion of the town in... Auden Chronicles is uh, directly related to how many people you're recruiting into your possible. It is called Hundred Heroes, mm -hmm. so you're probably recruiting hundred. Yeah, roundabout. Heroes. Yeah, a hundred heroes. Yeah, makes sense. It looks good. Uh, yeah, I'm intrigued. Yeah. Um, Eastward Octopia is a DLC pack for the Eastward game. That one's coming out in this holiday. I liked that Eastward game. This is a strange DLC. It, it's weird. I, I don't know if like, the developer just like needs some cash, so they're putting a farming sim on top of their like almost Zelda-akin adventure game that they released a couple years back. I don't know. This is an odd one. But you know what? I was excited that we got a release date for Wargroove 2. That was out October 5th. And it's, it's coming out like in a couple weeks. Out of nowhere. I could have sworn that this game wouldn't we wouldn't see it until 2024. But here it is. Ryan, are you in? Oh, gosh. I, I still haven't even picked up the Advance Wars reboot. Mm. So, mm. Like, it looks like this is very influenced by Advance Wars, this kind of game. I, and I enjoyed the first War Groove. It was definitely ha had a much steeper learning curve to it. Mm -hmm. um, but again, yeah, this is one of those games where, before you know it, it's just churning hours and hours of tactical chessboard combat. There's mouse people. There are mice people now. Um, so the the first War Groove. I'll I'll start by saying it allowed you to adjust the difficulty in a, a few different like nuanced ways how much damage you're doing how much damage that you're taking and there's like sliding bars so you could like adjust it to where you felt most comfortable with the game um, but if you were just playing on the default difficulty it was very much like you were set right into the middle of a chess match to the point where there were some missions or side missions where you really were just like okay you're in the middle of this fight. Find the exact moves that you need to do in order to win this. And in Wargroove 1, it felt like you, in every mission, you were constantly starting out with your back against the wall rather than on even footing, 
Whereas in a lot of like uh, advanced wars, advanced wars will do that with with some missions to where you start off as a disadvantage, but most of the time you're starting off a mission where you're you're on even footing and it's going to be okay. Who is going to come up with the best tactic to manipulate this terrain and outmaneuver uh, the the opponent? Um, it, it offers a different sort of challenge than you would get out of an advanced wars. But that said, uh, War Groove was the, uh, admittedly very influenced by Advance Wars. That's something that they were they were trying to do because uh, at the time Nintendo wasn't making Advance Wars. And I guess still technically not because WayForward made that Advance Wars reboot camp. But yeah, I'm, uh, I'm definitely going to get this one. I think it looks really good. Uh-oh. Wes, Dave the Diver, October 26th. You in? I don't know what's happening here. He's swimming around catching fish. It's it's a game where you catch fish and turn them into sushi. You run a restaurant. You are simultaneously a fisherman and restaurateur. I, I keep getting trapped by these kind of games because I also did the... Um, what was that potion one that just came out a while ago? Potion Permit? It just came out along. Yeah, it potion. just came out like, on the game a while ago, 20 yeah. years ago. I, I keep doing this, and then there was the um, Moonlighter game, which I never mm. beat Moonlighter, but I do think that was a good game. Um, but the potions permit, I didn't. Ugh. It, 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 yeah, I, I couldn't quite figure out a good way to progress quickly in that game. I kept on doing the same thing over and over and over again. I couldn't quite like get over that hump, so to speak, um, to like get to the next kind of thing to do. Uh, I, I wasn't a huge fan of that potions permit game, but I I, I play a lot of these games apparently. Um, are these these games um. Or, or I mean, much... it, it looks like a kind of like a chill version of it because it, there's not much going on. You're just swimming and then catching fish and making sushis. I mean, yeah, you get to like, capture some fish and then murder them. Yeah, as you do. Yeah, but these games, I do, uh... thir- I do really like sushi too. So these games, it's very much about uh, how invested you get into the the gameplay loop of. Uh, you know, yeah. run your restaurant, and okay, now let's go and do the fishing, and then bring back, and how how much you enjoy that rhythm of kind of rotating these set of tasks. But instead of like, um, I can't quite remember with potions permit, but it, it's more it's closer to like potions permit where it was more exploratory instead of combat. Um, where Moonlighter had more combat to it because you're hmm. going into a dungeon and fighting monsters and getting the stuff from the monsters and everything in order to make things and resell them. Um, this is more of kind of like a potions permit where it's more slice of life kind of thing where you just run a business and then you do your chill thing of collecting your fish. Yeah, the battle yeah. against a fish would be very one-sided, I think. Yeah, you're just shooting and not catching fish. You're just, it's just swimming and looking at the pretty ocean they made. That's it. Ryan, yeah, any, no, it doesn't look that exciting. Ryan, any thoughts on Dave the Diver? There's a demo. Uh, not especially. I mean, I, I think it could be interesting. I, I don't know. I feel like there's already so much on my plate the game that uh, this uh, it's not capturing me. It looks cool, though. I mean, I like the art style and the, the pixel art. seems really nice. And it seems like it's kind of got that... Uh, what was that game that we were just playing a little while ago? Cult of the Lamb. Oh sure. Seems like uh, yeah. not not the yeah. same style of game, but the same. Principle. But the same kind of concept. Yeah, like yeah. You're, you're going to fight your guys to get the resources to build your cult. Mm-hmm. Same concept. But Cult of the Lamb was the very fun. I, I I really liked Cult of the Lamb, and they have DLC I would like to get to at some point. 
Um, I don't know. Parker. So speaking of, I don't know if I want to take this tangent fully, but speaking of Cult of the Lamb, that game is a a, a game that's built on a game making toolkit, an engine called Unity. Do you guys see all the shenanigans that were going down? So, yeah. Uh, game developers will license the basically this equipment to make their games. Um, and this uh, this company who kind of like makes the toolkits for people to to make their games. Um, I, I guess was uh, uh, taken over or sort of like has a new 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 people in charge like these uh, venture capitalists who decided that they were going to try to increase the money they were making off of this Unity engine by charging the developers who used it more every time their games are downloaded, and it really sent. Uh, the, it really caused a bit of a kerfuffle to the point where you know there there are a lot of people claiming that no one's going to want to use the Unity engine anymore they pulled a uh, Wizards of the Coast with the whole Dungeons and Dragons thing it's the same thing they uh, they made it much more expensive for third parties or other people to use their kind of property with D&D kind of stuff and so like other big people like the Critical Role and all those other kind of things really fought back against them and it was a whole big thing like they issued me apologies of what they weren't apologies it was a whole, was a whole big thing but yeah it's the same thing with the Unity so and then I, I, I don't I didn't I only heard about this from one person so I don't know how accurate it is but apparently like a lot of the people kind of like they're like okay then we just won't use it and so they kind of backed down on it I, I don't know I don't know. I don't know how it's all going to shake out. But yeah, it uh, it caused a bit of a fuss. Um, there's uh, an Among Us map coming out in October. They showed this really long animation to announce a map. I don't know too much about Among Us, but it just kind of seems like they have cash to burn. So they made like this little two-minute animated video to say, hey, play a new map. Either you guys know anything about Among Us? I have played a little bit of Among Us, but I, I haven't... I don't have a big enough group of friends to play it, because you, you need more than, like, three people to play this game. And I'm not going to hop online with random people. But I've played it a couple times with a pretty good-sized group of people, and it, it's kind of fun, but... Eh. <laughs> Put that on the box. Kind of fun, but eh. Yeah. Well, how is it going to work on a Switch if it doesn't support so like in uh, natively support voice chat? Do you have to like get like a phone out and, and join like some kind of Discord group to to play it? Or is Maybe. It... So so here here's the thing. Um, there are I I don't know if like the Among Us is one of them, but there are games that can sort of finagle it to where they are doing their voice chat through the Switch. I think Fortnite was one of the first ones to, like, they actually have voice chat on Switch. Was there something like, Ryan, to your point, like, it's not something that Nintendo has made available um, to have just natively on there. Like, they don't do anything to support that. They do the app through the phone to do voice chat with other players within the same game. So... I mean, Maybe. as I understand, the whole thing about Among Us is that you're literally, like, st standing around a table accusing each other of being the bad guy. So, like, what do you do? Right, right. It's like a game of Clue. 
I don't know. I, I don't. I don't really care. <laughs> we're we're a bunch of old millennials trying to talk about. Like we might as well be talking about Undertale. So I don't want to fuck all about Undertale. Um. Oh no. Mario Kart 8. There's a booster pack. It's out this holiday. New characters, new courses. It's Mario Kart. We know what this is. Uh, they showed a sizzle reel, and I, I like that. Um, like the sizzle reel wasn't like a bunch of stuff they didn't talk about yet. They did a sizzle reel of all of, like their first party games, and kind of did a release calendar for. Okay, here's all the stuff we talked about. Now here it is all in order. I wonder where they got that idea from. They're fucking listening, man. Yeah. They used to do this every like all the time on this podcast where. I just put it in chronological order for them. Like, here you go. For everyone listening, this is what they talked about and when it's coming out. And they just did it themselves this time. Mm-hmm. Tony, guys, we are incredibly influential. We must be. We, we, we need to be on their, their payroll. Because, <laughs> I mean, we're, how much money do you think we, we got them? Through Pokemon Snap? And uh, I can't really say Dokapone. They probably didn't make a whole lot of money from Dokapone. Millions. You know, Millions. Just Tony, again. It's ripping off our ideas. And then the last game that they showed at this Direct was Paper Mario, The Thousand Year Door. That one's out sometime in 2024. I think we've got all the GameCube RPGs now. I think there's all of them. Because we got this. We got both Bat and Kaidos games. We got uh, a remake of Tales of Symphonia. That, that's that's it. That's like 80% of all the RPGs that came out on GameCube. And uh, Thousand Year Door, in case you're unaware, is a very, very good game. So, what'd you guys think of this direct? Give it a letter grade. I mean, I give it a C. Yeah. Some good stuff in there, but nothing, nothing too stand out. Nothing amazing. I'm gonna give it an A minus. <laughs> oh, that's I'll give you the worst score possible at A minus minus. <laughs> oh, no, I'm, I'm guys, probably... guys, we're a Nintendo podcast. If we're not jazzed about this shit, what are we going to be jazzed about? <laughs> so I, I'm I'm excited for a lot of these games, and there's a, quite a few like Mario like adjacent properties over the next six months or so. Because there's uh, Mario Wonder and Mario RPG and Princess Peach and Mario vs Donkey Kong and Luigi's Mansion and Paper Mario. There's like Mario games, like WarioWare. There's Mario games coming out all the time. Uh, at uh, at this point in the, the Switch's life cycle, which is really, really cool. Um, I think I'm a, as far as a letter grade, I'm a bit closer to Wes uh, on, a, on the grading scale because a, f- a bunch of these games we already knew about. Like Paper Mario Thousand Year Door, I think, was the, the, the biggest new reveal um, out of all this stuff. So, uh, commercials for some stuff we already knew about. And nothing like uh, nothing like S tier or A tier in terms of release and this also might be that like this is the third Nintendo Direct we've gotten this year and the one in the February was really good and the one in June was tremendous so this is maybe kind of a wind down for them for, for the year just kind of show what else they got left in the tank Um, but yeah definitely games that I'm going to be buying on this one but speaking of games that we're buying, Wes, did you have something? No, no, you're good. 
Uh, I'm going to burn through really quick the new releases for September 2023. I'll give you guys a second if you want to chime in on any of these. 30XX, out September 1st. This is like a Mega Man looking game. I watched the trailer for this one. I think it is kind of funny that they explicitly advertise in it that it has static level design. <laughs> like, like that's the easiest thing to do is make static levels, and they're bragging about it. <laughs> well, <You know? laughs> I think as opposed to having like procedurally generated stuff, like they wrote I didn't an algorithm that. for. Yeah, yeah, I didn't realize that was such an offense. You would think the algorithm you know uniquely crafted levels every time you play is the harder thing to do <laughs> well see the the thing is i mean me and wes have, have railed about this before on this podcast when especially when you're making like a roguelike what happens when you have an algorithm or an ai build you a level it ends up being very bland whereas where you have like a, a static constructed level it's actually something where they can anticipate what skills that you should have at a certain point in the game and build levels around that or build a level around okay well you might not have the skill that you need to get this extra thing at this level but if you come back you'll have the skill later I don't know to, to me like it is kind of a funny selling point like hey guess what a, a bot didn't design our levels but for me it is like it's uh, like we put less effort into our game <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rune Factory 3 special out September 5th Super Bomberman R2 on the 13th. I like Bomberman. End of thought. Uh, I've been play. I will actually finish this Gumbrella game. Uh, that one came out on the 13th. I played through it. It's not a long game. I think it took me cumulative probably seven or eight hours. And this is one that I was put out by Devolver Digital. And we saw this one at a Nintendo Direct, I think about a year ago, or maybe like a Devolver Digital presentation. I can't remember which. But, yeah, this one was weird. Yeah, it's it was an interesting looking game at the time, but it wasn't what I expected it to be. So when uh, when they showed Gumbrella initially, the impression that I got was kind of like a a, a challenge heavy sort of action platformer, like Celeste, kind of like Cave Story, like Cave Story or Celeste. But what it turned out to be was more of like this uh, adventure game with some. Uh, platforming challenges in it but that wasn't the feature of the game and you really don't get to like the actual like real challenging platforming stuff until you get really close to the end it was more like hey you're in this zone find the right person to talk to the right item to give them that will open up the door for you to go to the next place to find the the person to talk to or thing to do and there's like side quests and it keeps like notes for you about where you are in each quest as you move through it's a very small game all of these uh levels are very self-contained and you, you kind of just bump into any of like the side quest stuff as you're doing the main quest stuff um there, there's like a bit you can dig into as far as like exploring to find uh the the, the currency that will allow you to upgrade your your gun umbrella to upgrade your your firepower and your reload speed it works like a shotgun this umbrella, but there's different ammunition you can buy as well that makes it into more of a machine gun. You can buy grenades to engage in combat in different ways. None of it's ever really required, though. You can just kind of go through with the default ammunition and be totally fine. It's and it's infinite your default ammunition. Whereas other things like your your gunbrella flamethrower will require ammunition. 
Um, but the, like the umbrella part of Gunbrella uh, comes in like when you do a dash, it also uh, unfurls your umbrella in the direction that you are dashing. So if you're going forward with it, it becomes a shield for you so you can block projectiles. Um, and if you are going into the air, it will become like a parachute to slow your descent so you can get over larger gaps. But you know, not, uh, not the game that I thought it was going to be, but I had a pretty good time with it anyway. I think that's one that's uh, it's like 15 bucks. One that's definitely like putting on a wish list um, in, in waiting for a sale. But then the main event for new releases is the Pokemon Teal Mask Expansion. Ryan, what do you think? Uh, I'm enjoying it so far. It's been pretty good. Um, I am specifically at... I, I see. I don't know how long the story is, but I don't think I'm that far in, but I'm basically at the part where the three mythical things have emerged and I now have individual quest lines to go figure out what's happening with them. Um, you know, it's for, for me, like starting it up and playing it, I have just, it's been a very distracting because there's all these new Pokemon and I'm going and exploring and I'm catching them. I'm doing tons of raids or, you know, I'm just kind of constantly being busy doing shiny hunts and stuff like that so i haven't been that eager to just simply like complete the narrative of this new region but all in all it's been pretty fun what, what, yeah, what do you think to, to me that's the highlight as well is giving you a new zone i think there's like a hundred new ones that you can get in this particular expansion i think the next expansion will have a hundred more but you know, it's not only it's not just populated by the new ones. There's also like a hundred Pokemon from the uh, the the proper region to uh, fully populate this one. But it's it's just super fun to have a new space to move around in and find Pokemon, uh, and they they do a really good job just like making it fun and exciting to like bump into something you've caught a million times before like holy shit there's a vulpix let me catch this vulpix i've been catching vulpix for 25 years and it's still fun to do um and i've been doing some of the raids as well um I, I think like the performance issues that have been present since uh the beginning of scarlet violet are still present in this one though the raids aren't as smooth as they should be. Uh, particularly, I got particularly frustrated with a raid when I was going up against a six-star psychic Snorlax. Um, and I had to fight the thing three times, and the third time I won, but it timed out anyway, even though it was at zero HP. It was like, oh, no, you got kicked out. You don't get to catch this thing. I'm like, alright, cool. Thanks, game, for that. Um, but... Uh, I know. I personally wish that it, like, if it's one of those things where it's like everyone's everyone is going to get their speed lowered and every single one has to do the individual role. I really wish the time would stop. Like mm -hmm. when they're doing those, just sorting out the effects of different like things in battle, or like every time someone lays seed sower, mm -hmm. it shouldn't take time off the clock that you've got to sit there and watch it go through those. Yeah. Those yeah. just. And, and, it, moments. and it, it confuses the game too. There have been times where I've just flat out gotten skipped in a turn because there's so much happening that if I try to choose an attack, it'll just close up my menu entirely. Like, no, no, you gotta wait. We gotta figure this out. And then the opponent will go again before I've even selected anything. Mm -hmm. So there's uh, yeah, oh, go ahead. There, there's room for improvement to be sure. But I still like doing these raids to get the rewards because it's just a really super easy way to. 
uh, churn candy or get items to sell off because I don't, I don't remember the last time we talked about this game but the last time we talked about this game I spent all my fucking cash I had like zero dollars zero poker dollars left because I bought all these vitamins like okay I've got to rebuild I got to rebuild the horde here yeah it, it is actually very easy to, to churn through a lot of cash in this game if you're not careful especially if since they've made it so accessible now to kind of min-max individual Pokemon, but it's it's extremely expensive to do that. It could ta- cost like two hundred thousand, what Poke dollars or whatever, mm-hmm. to just just properly buy all of the various proteins and uh, you know HP ups, whatever it is that you're using. Like all of those individual resources just cost so much money. Yep, uh, and I will say that it seems like they've been more common because I've got quite a few of them already, but. From doing raids, it seems like they give you a lot more of those Herba Mysticas, which mm. is great, because you need those. I mean, obviously, if you're shiny hunting, it's good to have those, but they can be very useful, even if you want to use them just to, to get encounter ratings and stuff like that. So um, very, very nice to see those roll around, because I am constantly using those. Um, I already did it to hunt Jangmoos, so I've got a few shiny Jangmoos. Nice. nice. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, like yeah, I love, love it. That was always a very difficult and annoying resource to grind because it was only available in maybe six to eight different species of Pokemon only in five and six star raids. So you'd have to literally travel around the map to find them and then do those battles. And like you're saying, like a six star raid solo is it's not easy. Mm-hmm. Like it may take you a few cracks. Like some of them are easier than others for sure. Like I just did a six star Basque Basque Legion, which by the way, that's funny that Basque Legion's in, in their aids. But yeah. that was like that was like the easiest six star raid I've ever done in my life. Like it was not hard at all. Um, but some of those other ones can can be difficult. Yeah, they can How take you, a while. And, yeah. Especially when you get to a um, one where you're just not well equipped to take it on, like a, a psychic Snorlax. You know, you're you're not approaching it the way you would approach uh, approach. Uh, a regular Snorlax to be sure because it kind of inverts the, the type alignment so okay well, I need to find a dark type or a bug type but then you also have to keep in mind like what, what Snorlax is going to be able to do on its own and it's just so fucking bulky like Snorlax is a, pun, uh, a pain in the butt to take down just on its own let alone when you're inverting type alignments like that but anyway it's uh it, it's been really really fun just like if you're the type of person who likes to just check off the checklist okay I found that one I'm gonna go find another one okay now I found that one and, fill, and continue to fill out a, uh, a living decks for uh, everything that they offer in this game yeah I, I feel like the actual world that they have is so much more like condensed and compact mm. like um, you know, and it, I was always wondering, I, I was kind of wondering when I would go into this, how I would feel having played so much Tears of the Kingdom, like dozens and dozens of hours of Tears of the Kingdom. And, you know, obviously that game took like six years to make or whatever. Uh, this game did not take six years to make. So it's unfair in that comparison, I guess. But I did notice that like Tears of the Kingdom feels a lot more like wide open. It mm-hmm. feels more expansive. This one is just... Not only is it sort of a smaller playpen, but it's like just every inch of space feels jam-packed with something. Like, 
you know, I used to remember like looking for the little sparkles on the ground and being like, oh, okay, what's that? I'm going to go grab that. And there's like three right next to each other. They're all around you at all times. There's shit everywhere. It's yeah. everywhere. If you just kind of like go to the northern, like where those Jangmo O are, the mm-hmm. uh, just that region. I made a trip through there and picked up thirty-five rare bones and made hundreds of thousands of poker dollars just from going around picking shit up. Yeah, ain't that wild? Yeah, there's there's a, there's a lot to it. Um, I really enjoying this one. I think it, it's fun. And I, and again, I think how far in the story are you? Like, have you beaten the story stuff? Yeah, yeah, I got through all the story stuff. There's still, still some stuff I want to go catch. But they, okay. they, they, they do a really uh, good job of incorporating uh, different um, different types of battling. Like, they're, they're the trainers that walk around. There's also a couple of, like, rival trainers that you got to fight a couple of times uh, to get through, like, the main story. And then they also incorporate, like, Titan-style battles a couple of times, which is, uh, uh, which is yeah. fun. I feel bad for the little kid that you got to go up against because, yeah, I've ha- like, I feel like just through the short story I've already done, I've, I've probably fought him four or five times. And... You know what this thing can't get past is a fucking Breloom. Yep. A Breloom with a grass attack and a flying attack. His whole fucking team is weak to those two things. Like, he, his team literally is like, Yan Mega yep. is weak to flying. Polyrath, weak to grass, grass. and flying. He's got a Cormorant, which is weak to... I guess, I don't know if the... It's still weak. It's somehow, I think it still manages to be weak to grass, even though it is a flying type. I'm not sure if they've got that right. It does melted instantly in battle. Does he have the C dot line, or is that his sister? It might be his sister. Um, oh, yeah, I'm trying to think of, yeah, like his whole team. I'm, I'm either doing bullet seed or I'm doing aerial ace, which, by, mind you, I feel like such a dick. For it's using like forty CP for forty damage moves. Yeah, bullets he's a very <laughs> disrespectful. One shot, yeah. one shot his whole team. Well, I kind of, I kind of made it hard on myself because I had um, oh, a while back they did like a, a distribution. Like if you connected home, you would get the three starters um, mm-hmm. from Scarlet Violet with their their hidden abilities. So I was like, okay, I'm, I'm gonna take these level five starters. I'm gonna train them up. I'm gonna have uh, a new set of starters with their hidden abilities and. Uh, I went into the region, of course, like, they're all, like, fucking level 60, so I had to bring some some backup for these three starters I had at level 5. Um, but by the time I was done with the main story, like, these things were all above level 70. Um, so they nice. did a really good job of efficiently training up. Um, but, yeah, I, I made it harder myself because the the three starters, none of them are particularly great against your, your two rivals in this one. Like, Skeledurge is probably the most effective one because uh, of all the grass types. But I, I very stubbornly was like, no, I'm using all three of these, and I'm going to get through this using these three. Nice. Yeah, yeah, I, I basically... Because I use my Breloom for everything. He's got Spore and False Swipe, mm-hmm. so it's just... At any given time, I it's, it's so, it seems so antithetical to a game about collecting stuff that at any given time I literally have one Pokemon on me, and it is Breloom. Well, you know, if if your goal is to catch them all, then having you someone, yeah. yeah. So I like that. It's it's fun, um, and yeah, I haven't messed around too much with the new ones. I've got like Applin so far. That one actually mm-hmm. I pulled out of a raid. It's nice to see that you can just go straight to getting um, uh, was it Milotic? You don't like Milotic's available in raids. You can grab it that way. I actually haven't so. seen my. I, I've I found a Phoebus in a raid. I haven't seen my Lodic in a raid. Mm-hmm. So, 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm pretty pumped. This is a uh, this is good. Um, it is. I, I want to say it it it's like it met my expectations. Like I, it didn't blow me away or anything. Yeah. It's it's kind of exactly what I thought it was. But what I thought it would be was, was would be fun, and it is fun. It's very fun. Yeah, I didn't go in like expecting like okay, they're gonna have this expansion and it's gonna run smooth as butter, and this is gonna be the way like the Pokemon should have been from uh, the beginning of Scarlet Violet. Like no, they'll have a new area and there'll be lots more Pokemon to collect. Oh okay. yeah, if you if you had complaints or if you had hesitations about it, it did nothing to resolve those things. Um, it it just it, what it did well, it it gave you more of it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and I'm excited for the next one too. I think the next one's probably going to be more about um, doing big boss battles and getting new Pokemon. So do the same thing as Alan Armor and the Tundra place. Yeah, so I think so. I think it's going to more. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I think it's going to mirror that approach where it's going to one's going to be a lot more narrative driven and one's going to be sort of like a legendary collectathon. Did you see that thing a few days back where there was a guy who was streaming himself over the past three years trying to catch a shiny Phoebus in Sword Shield? That's tough. Yeah, it, it took him like three years and th- like over a thousand hours of gameplay to catch a shiny Phoebus in the wild and. Like, I, I saw that, and my first thought was, "Dude, hatch one." Yeah, yeah, you could have you could have hatched a bunch by it by that point. Maybe it was just the rarity of finding that one on the specific tile. Maybe also, you Maybe know what? Wanted to catch it. I mean, I hate to say it, like shiny Phoebus does not look better than regular Phoebus. Mm. And maybe maybe he just really wants the shiny my my Lodic, but I, I don't know. Like all of the other things. Like even just like cut that time in half. All of the other games he could have played while hunting for a shiny Phoebus, man. Just enjoy your life, you know. There's no way it could have been fun. Maybe it was a Zen thing for him. Like those people that do the same speed runs of the same games for years and years. Hmm. You know, maybe it's just it's how they they do it. If he's happy doing his his thing, then good for him, I guess. But I mean, uh, you'd hate to think of what a thousand hours one could accomplish other than Good for him. And catching you, a shiny you catch Phoebus. your Phoebus, buddy. Yeah. I feel like we've worked o- around the spectrum here. I'm still in the camp of no fuck that guy. <laughs> I'm very I'm in the camp of who cares. <laughs> yeah, I'm wondering if he how how well he would have progressed if he had bothered to like learn a different language. Hmm. Like what would a thousand hours towards learning another language do for you? What would a thousand hours in the gym turn you into? Or learning uh, a martial art, he might be able to kill a man. Learning how to uh, this thumb scuba dive and catch fish, and then sell them in a sushi re- sushi restaurant, and then going back into <laughs> it to get more fish, and then sell those at the sushi restaurant. He's still he's still catching fish. That's a, the, so, but that, that's know. a livelihood. Like, oh, real quick rewrite. We didn't talk about this because you you blew past it before I got a chance to uh-huh. interject with this. But the Super Bomberman R two trailer. Did you watch the trailer? Did you mm-hmm. actually watch it? Mm-hmm. What did you think of all of that stock footage they had of those happy people playing the game? Wasn't that the most out-of-place weird stuff you've ever seen? <laughs> I, at this point, I think it might just kind of be numb to Konami shenanigans. <laughs> like, they, they got... I mean, it is, like, so out-of-place stock footage of people on a couch having a great time not playing Bomberman. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're definitely not playing Bomberman when they're having that great of a time. And don't get me wrong, I like Bomberman just fine. But you you don't get excited playing Bomberman. All right, that's that's all I had to say. Sorry for the tangent, but that, that's that okay. killed me. Um, 
Mortal Kombat 1 was out on the 14th. Uh, that game looks bad on Switch. Like, yeah, really bad. I keep hearing that. Like, the, like the, the, the face animation, the faces themselves, like, there there have been other Mortal Kombat games. Like, Mortal Kombat 11 was on Switch, and it didn't look like this. Um... The Batten Kaidos collection was out on the 14th. I'm still going to import that one at some point. Uh, the, those are two games that I really like. We've talked about them a bunch of times since they got announced. Solar Ash on the same day. I bring that game up. It's an interesting looking game, um, but I bring that one up because it's the, the maker of Hyperlight Drifter, which is a game that I think we all liked here. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Oh, I remember this trailer. Yeah, this one, this one looked pretty badass. Mm-hmm. It's not like it doesn't look like it's gonna be like Hyperlight Drifter. No, no, it's it's not like the same style of game. It looks more like a three D like running platformer kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, some games that they dropped at the direct: Horizon Chase Two, Trombone Champ, F Zero Ninety Nine. We talked about those. Gloomhaven. We've talked about a, a bunch of times. Minico's Night Market. That's a game that got announced at a Nintendo Direct years ago. That's finally seeing a release on the twenty sixth, as well as Paleo Pines. Same deal. Um, got a, uh, finally got an update for that one. It was announced way back. Cocoon is a really awesome looking game coming out on the 29th, so not quite out yet at time of recording. Um, it's from the developers of Inside and Limbo. And this game looks really, really neat. Uh, super intricate like um, uh, layers to the... Uh, the zones that you're going in and out of and it's tough to describe um maybe kind of like how you know like the the movie inception the christopher nolan movie inception where they had the different like dreamscapes all happening at once and what was happening in some were affecting the others a cocoon looks similar to that where you know you could exit one zone and be in a wider zone, a wider interpretation of the one that you were already in, do something and then go back down deeper. Yeah, it's not exactly like fractals, but it's kind of the same concepts, right? Where you're going deeper into a thing and then coming out of it. I guess, yeah, kind of kind of like the Inception dream thing, where it's like you've got this world and then you travel out of it into another world. Yeah, that's the only like pop culture comparison that I can draw. I'm really excited for this Cocoon game. I think it's going to be good. Yeah, it does look pretty cool. And then uh, we did do we, we did get an, an update um, for the Nintendo Switch Online expansion pack on the 29th. Kirby and the Amazing Mirror is going to be available for the GBA collection. But that's that's what we got for new releases. Let's wrap this thing up really quick with some games coming out in October. Uh, Disgaea Seven: Vow of the Virtuous is out on the third. That's in the running for best name. I was going to say, that is a fantastic mm. title. Sure is. Uh, the Front Mission second remake is out on the 5th, as is Wargroove. We already talked about Wargroove. Uh, let me know if you guys want to backtrack to any of these. We already talked about Detective Pikachu. Me and Wes talked briefly about Borderlands 3 when it was announced for Switch. That one's out on the 6th. Wes uh, kind of sounded like he wasn't too hot on Borderlands 3. Ryan, do you have any opinions on Borderlands? You know, I actually started playing it maybe a year ago maybe a little longer what three yeah um and i stopped i just kind of stopped at a certain point not because it was like offensively bad or anything i think i just uh, i don't know i got a i just didn't 
didn't feel like going back to it, and there just there came a point where I forgot to go back to it. Hmm. So, um, yeah, that's that's kind of the thing with it. It's just one of those games where I think the charm of Borderlands has uh, worn off on me. Mm-hmm. I'm just not really intrigued about playing it. It's, it's very, yeah, just run to this area and just kill everything in sight. That's all it is. It was, yeah, it was very samey. It felt like kind of like what you had already done with Borderlands Two, but without even really doing you know doing that much more to make it look and feel any different um but still like the core concept behind borderlands is great it's really fun gameplay and again i don't want to say it's it's bad i think i just got distracted and started doing other things Mm -hmm. so and i think that sometimes if you're not having fun with the game it's better just to cut ties maybe shelve it come back to another time um before you completely sour on there were a couple of games on ps4 over the past year um, that I was like, hey, you know what? I'm just not having fun with this. I'll put it away. Maybe I'll try it another time. Like uh, Soul Hackers 2, which was an Atlas game that came out about a year back. I was playing that like back in February or March. And I got decently far, but I was like, nah, I'm just not feeling it. Let's put it away. And then Kena Bridge of Spirits on PS4 as well. I was playing that for a little bit, and I was like, nah, never mind. Sometimes it's better to move on before you hate something. Um, some of the other games in October uh, River City Rival Showdown is out on the 12th we're pro River City on this podcast we like that franchise mm-hmm. the Batman Arkham Trilogy that Ryan you were just mentioning as a uh, collection worth getting I played, through, I played through the first one and I've tried to play through another one Um, I don't know it, it's, it's a good looking games um, they are the first, the one that I played was fun. I really liked it. Like I actually, I think I beat it twice even. Um, yeah. Hmm. Okay. Uh, is Harley Quinn in the game? Yes. Yeah, she's in everything, isn't she? Pretty much. Um, a Boy and His Blob Retro Collection is out October 17th. Uh, this is a weird one, you guys, because this is... A Boy and His Blob for the NES and then A Boy and His Blob Trouble on Blobonia for the Game Boy are getting a retro collection releasing next month. Um, they're not good games. I mean, you really like the one on the Wii. Yeah, the, the remake. Oh, yeah, WayForward did some real work on uh, on doing that sort of remake revival of... Oh, that was a remake? Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, oh and it's... Uh, a nearly unrecognizable remake uh, from A Boy and His Blob on the NES. There, it, it's it's much more, of course, visually appealing, but also just in the way like the the levels are designed and how they lead you into how you're you're solving the puzzles of the different jelly beans. It's a, it's a much much better experience than it ever was on the NES. The NES game is kind of trash. Um. Speaking of things that are kind of trash, Sanic Superstars is on the same day on the 17th. Who cares? You guys going to play some Sanic? No. Don't, don't think so. No. Okay. Uh, Disney's Gargoyles is getting a remaster. There's a Super Nintendo or maybe a Genesis game. I think it was Super Nintendo. Gargoyles game. Remember that show Gargoyles, fellas? Yep. So that, that show got a video game on the Super Nintendo and it's getting a remaster on October 19th. Um, I kind of think it looked better on the Super Nintendo. 
It's the visual style of that one. Really? Okay, that's a bold statement. Yeah, but I don't know what. Um, is there, is there like a a revival of the Gargoyles Disney property that's happening that I'm not aware of? Was anyone? I have a friend that's like obsessed with the Gargoyles TV series, and yeah? I've gone back to try to watch it, and it's not. It's not bad. It's just like it's like okay, whatever. That was a, that was a TV show. It was fine. Like going back and watching Tailspin. Like yeah, okay, that was a show. See, here's the thing. <laughs> it's apparently the voice acting. A lot of the voice acting cast in it is basically the cast of the of Star Trek Next Generation, and he is yeah. also a big fan of that. So I think he may be influenced a bit hmm. by having the principal voice acting cast essentially being the same group from fucking Next Generation. That's wild. Yeah. Okay. Um, but it's like, yeah, it's 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 sort of on par with what I remember of like the Spider Man and X Men series of the nineties. I think that they try to tell like more mature stories, like they're all adults and well, they're fucking gargoyles. But there's like the people in it are all adults, so you know. Why are we talking about this? Oh, there's a game. There's a remaster of a game. Long forgotten. <laughs> long forgotten thing <laughs> it should be left in the dustbin of history <laughs> <laughs> Super Mario Brothers Wonder it's out October 20th we've talked about this game ad nauseum I'm pumped are you guys pumped if you're not pumped get pumped mm-hmm. um sure hell yeah there's four player there's four player mm. co-op we're playing this game I'm excited it's gonna be fun hell yeah that's probably the only time I'm gonna play the game how dare you how dare you this is an affront uh, the Metal Gear Solid Collection, another collection of old games, out on October 24th. Anyone going to indulge in Metal Gear? I might, actually, at some point. Yeah, yeah like, I, Metal Gear is a fantastic series. It's great. I've played all these games, but, like, for sure. I've never, gotten into, I've never gotten into Metal Gear. I played, uh, there's a Metal Gear Solid remake on GameCube called Twin Snakes. We'll get to it on the retro show. Really, really good remake. But it's never been a series that appealed to me. But... Still really cool that uh, they're getting this collection to have all these games available on modern systems. Very, very cool. I, I think this one in particular may be a little dense for you just in the terms of like the fact that it actually has a story and a really big part of it is appreciating the big spy story. Yeah, they, so if you're flashing through dialogue, spamming through it... They talk so much. It's going to be a bunch of stealth puzzles and you're not going to care. You know, like, yeah, there's literally like in a game where it's like tries to push you to the next thing they're like no we're gonna pause and have a five minute like video that we're gonna show the, you the, the, the Kodak <laughs> back and yeah, forth yeah like there's a lot of backstory and a lot of just narrative to get through as though you're watching like an actual spy film um but it's great it's really really fun very cool and we already talked about Dave the Diver out on October 26th Wes, Wes is in day one he's gonna report back oh god but that's it. We did it. We made a podcast. Yay! Hell yeah. So next up, I mean, do we, do we next up would be a Pokemon show. That's kind of because we'd be at the beginning of October. Is that where we want to go? We could, yeah. I mean, but, but, you guys are the ones I have content for because I did not get this quiz DLC. game. Could do a quiz. Quiz game. So we can put one together. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, if you've got one to put together, I would say do it. I probably won't be able to put one together in time, but yeah, have at it. We're doing a quiz game. Um, right. And there's a lot happening in Pokemon Go. Like, let's not sleep on that. Mm, it's true. And we're talking about that. Pikachu. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but yeah, that's it. End of podcast. So long. Later.